from Coraline by Neil Gaiman. On the first day Coraline's family moved in, Miss Spink and Miss Forcible made a point of telling Coraline how dangerous the well was, and they warned her to be sure she kept away from it. So Coraline set off to explore for it so that she knew where it was to keep away from it properly. This is Gothic. podcast contains graphic descriptions that may not be suitable for all audiences. Mature discretion is advised. Last time, our gothic then characters had re-pierced the walls of Castle Cain, but had been more or less taken prisoner through a series of ill events by Lazarus Cain's servant Graf and his attending hellhounds. They had been taken down, down, down into the depths, into the well room where tentacles lashed at the ceiling and Lori was having a conversation with the puppet Lazarus Cain, controlled by tentacles piercing his body from behind. Grace Moreau, unconscious but regaining consciousness slowly, and Chauncey Candlewick both uh, find themselves there in the well room, but Lori, in an attempt to angel wing to Chauncey's hat, knowing that it is the repository of the very weapon required to destroy the dweller, uh, has some issues. and finds himself once again in the moat outside of Castle Cain, dripping and with ripples of some sort of creature coming toward them. Let's pick up there, Laurie. What do you do? Well, this is not where I intended to be. I still see the entrance, or the hallway that goes down. You are actually at the uh, broken bridge causeway that that crosses over from the where we jumped over and got all wet in the first yes i think i'm gonna have to kind of probably read a bad situation but i want to assess whether the the man crocs are a threat and whether i should just run in and just try and take care of business so Lori, you are looking around you're you're looking at the ripples in the water you're looking back at castle kane you are evaluating your own abilities and having some doubts. So sure, read a bad situation. Okay. A seven. Hold one. I know the answers to most of these. <laughs> <laughs> Will the man crocs eat me? Uh, yes. Right. <laughs> uh, what can it do? Bite. Dang it. What's the best way to protect the victims at this point? Which is you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Everybody, really, I guess. I'm just, I'm really just trying to think about that. The best way out, what, I need to get back in. I need to figure out the best way back in. And the biggest threat is probably not the man crocs. 
So I'm going to, I mean, I'm thinking about the victims. I'm thinking about Grace and Chauncey. I still kind of want to ask that. But uh, you could do vulnerable. That might be interesting from this standpoint. What's most vulnerable to me? That sounds like a good choice. The man crocs are the most vulnerable. You already know that you can cast out evil on them. Yeah. At that point, it's like, I don't have time for this silly nonsense. And I go for my cast out evil. Vanish on creature. Okay, that's like a 12. Nice. <laughs> Lori rises up out of the muck of the moat. The water's dripping from them as they actually levitate above the surface of the water. They spread their arms wide, and a huge wave of water just washes the mancrocs away. They are flung into this this maelstrom of, of water. For a moment, the bottom of the moat is revealed and there's just skeletons and uh, just remnants of bodies down there that look like they've just been thrown over the edge of the of the uh, drawbridge back when it existed. Lori at that point is grabbed by something from above. It grabs Lori with two strong legs that uh, grip like hands. The talons at the end of each finger toe biting deep into Lori's shoulders, doing two harm. What the? What the? What? Lori is uh, wrenched upward into the night sky. Looking upward, uh, they see that what has them is a stone creature with a vast creaking wings and a hideous deformed face. One of the gargoyles from the upper levels oh. of Castle oh. King. As previously foreshadowed when Nathan Redbone talked about them Heck back in yeah. episode bleep. Wow. <laughs> that two harm was that with my divine armor? It is not armor piercing, no. So you only took one, but the thing is the wrenching and the biting of the talons into you, Lori, are such that uh, you're going to take minus one ongoing. So let's leave Lori there for a moment and return to Grace and Chauncey Candlewick in the well room of the dweller. Uh, Grace, you are slowly regaining consciousness. Mm -hmm. Chauncey, you are are conscious and hatless, if you recall. And disgruntled. But there is a hellhound. That son of a bitch. Striding into the room now. Oh, That has your hat. I'm going to fillet it alive with its own bones. You're going to rip its bones out, sharpen them into a fillet knife, and then fillet the hellhound with them. <laughs> While it's alive. Yep. So, dweller, unconscious grace, ugly dog that stole my hat, and a golem. Is that about right? I am glad you have chosen to remove your hat, says Graf, the golem. <laughs> oh, I'm going to kill him. The wrong thing to say. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. Chauncey Candlewick spends his time uh, muttering to himself and cursing and bringing down the doom of ages upon all of his enemies. 
but doesn't actually do anything. So, Grace, <laughs> uh, you find yourself being dragged by Graf, Lazarus Kane's servant. You apparently have taken several bruises as he has just dragged you down the stairs mm-hmm. into a chill, musty chamber. And uh, your first vision is of Lazarus Kane pierced by several writhing tentacles, tentacles that all flow up and back like elongated leeches that drip with gore and slime and ichor, and all then go back pressing down into this well that has a one or two foot high a stone rim around it in the center of the room, but it seems like the tentacles themselves are stuffed down into this thing that it that it's actually occupying more space than is actually there. And then kind of behind you, you see the uh, hellhounds, two of them, battered, uh, coming into the room, one of which has Chauncey's hat. What would you like to do, Grace Morell? I dropped my big weapons, right? Yes, you no longer have your sword. You really, really wanted it, and we tried, but there were so, so many bad. bad rolls. Okay. Well, I don't really have... Hmm. I'm gonna... I, like, missed the whole conversation that happened earlier. Well, we weren't there when Lori was talking with the Dweller, right? Yeah, unfortunately, no. I think what I'm gonna do at this time is kind of, like, pretend to still be out of it and, like try and like uh you know collect myself a little bit but then also just like try and like i don't know watch and gather information and pretend to be oh i'm still fainting away okay so uh you were trying to gather information yeah uh, would you say that the uh, things that you were trying to determine would fall under read a bad situation or investigate a mystery i'd say this situation's pretty bad and it's probably that it's very bad, and you need to read how bad yeah. it is. Well, you know, if there's ever a time for reading bad situations, I think it's, I think it's this. <laughs> yeah, but some of those questions under investigative mystery might be of more intrigue to you. Oh, yeah, actually, that's a good point. Um, is it a good point though? Yeah, I mean, Monster of the Week is kind of weird in that, like, you know, sometimes the the thing you think you want because it's named one thing is not actually the mechanic that you actually need. So yeah, let's do investigate a mystery. It's a seven. So I just get one question. Is it too obvious to ask what sort of creature is it? I feel like I, I feel like that's going to be the thing that maybe kind of encompasses the most um, stuff. Okay. What sort of creature is it? So Grace, you awaken you your unconsciousness has been unpleasant but not very long however it has also jogged things in your memory ideas are coming together words things you've read um all of this is is flowing together and suddenly it is an epiphany in your mind you knew you know that lori and Mr. Chauncey Candlewick, you've just put together recently that they are somehow both, both part of the prophecy that you read, one that is finally gelling in your mind. But then you realize that there 
are more pieces of that prophecy, that there are other bits and pieces scattered throughout Barbazine lore that suddenly now are all coming together for you as you see this thing, as you hear it speaking. Jaunty Candlewick, you have vexed my plans for some time. And as it is there, it's just its presence of it, and as you see Chauncey there, and as you see the hellhound with Chauncey's hat, and you don't see Lori, but, but yeah, now it's all coming together. And you realize that this tentacle thing, that these tentacles are not really real, that it's just a physical manifestation, more of a metaphor, really, of the thing that the dweller really is. This thing that is much larger than this well, much larger than Castle Cain, much larger than, well, Bledson, possibly larger than the world. And you know that it is one of the fallen, one Holy. of, one of, one of the fallen from heaven. Jesus Christ. And to say demon or devil is not the right terminology, because when Something that powerful changes from good, if you want to call it that. Although you have seen some of the angels of heaven, if that's what they are, metaphors, uh, physical manifestations uh, of metaphors themselves, and you're not anymore quite sure that that is the right terminology for them either. But when something like that, something even more powerful than what Lori is, than what those angels of the convocation of angels are, when something like that shifts, it becomes something vastly, vastly terrible. And you now know the parts of the prophecy that fit together. You know that it is somehow associated with something called the fall of heaven, a weapon of some sort, a weapon that can only be brought into being so says the prophecies, by both light and dark working together. And you don't know how, but you know that that light and dark are Lori and Mr. Chauncey Candlewick. And that, yes, indeed, this thing that you see is the physical representation of some world-shattering, world-mutating evil. Well, that's cheerful. Lori, what do you do? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm being lifted up into the air by the gargoyle. Indeed you are. Like I said, I don't have time for this. And I'm going to kick some ass and just try and, like, dislodge it from my shoulders. Ooh. Ooh. 13? <laughs> yeah. Dang. Okay, since I don't have my whip, I am going to have to go with my... Unarmed attacks, which I have smite, so that's two harm, intimate, and messy. And for my extra effect, I'll take the plus one damage harm to the creature. So it'll be three harm, intimate, and messy. And then I'm going to take the extra move I just took on my last level up. Ooh. Yeah. I took a move from another hate, uh, another playbook, uh, the hard case move. It's called Finish Him. Nice. <laughs> Whenever you inflict an injury of three harm or more, you may immediately follow up with another attack. Roll plus tough. On a 10 plus, the injury's harm is doubled. 
on a 7 to 9, you inflict one harm extra on a miss. You leave yourself open and vulnerable as well as failing to hurt it more. Yeah, he'd really wanted to do this in front of you guys. I did. But, uh, so bad. That, that's pretty brutal, man. That's really brutal. Sorry, I tried to bring it together for you. Nope, I rolled bad, so that's cool. <laughs> just want to obliterate. <laughs> um, so, for my, so I've got the three harm already. Okay. And for my finishing, that is a seven. I, f I inflict one harm extra. Yeah, that was a roll of four, but at least I have my tough up to seven, or up to plus three, so. So, wait, you essentially got to do kick some ass again, or is that how that works? Whenever you inflict an injury of three harm or more, right, you may immediately follow up with another attack. Okay. And then... And how much did you do in the second one? The second one, I did one harm extra. Okay. That's with your smite and everything? Um, does that count again for the excess? It's It's a... It says you can do another attack. So if... Another attack. So yeah, so that would be another three. Okay, so you did three or more. It says any time you do three or more, right? You get to do it again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's how I'm hearing that rule. Okay, well, um, am I really just... Okay, because that's a uh, 13. <laughs> so that's another three harm plus my two for smite. So that's another five harm. Is it dead yet? Or should I keep rolling? No, you're ripping this thing apart in the sky. Uh, <laughs> you are, Lori and the gargoyle are locked together. These stone wings are being ripped off of this thing as Lori just goes completely medieval on this gargoyle. Gothic. No razor whip in hand, but just their hands alone are glowing with holy, righteous, indignant power and the the thing just is shattered into pieces in the sky and then lori is falling do i have the ability to at least use angel wings to slow my descent you could angel wing all the way back to your friends if you want i think at that point i want to try again okay you are still suffering under a variety of effects i know including a new minus one ongoing i know as i'm falling i'm just gonna i gotta get back to the hat, Chauncey, because I know I'm going for the fall of heaven at this point. Roll act under pressure. Oh, okay. I'll take that. Uh, 13? Nice. Minus. That was a 12 plus my one cool, so. But also minus two? Uh, okay, 11. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. You go where you wish to go, and you are back in the well room of the dweller. Uh, you see that it hasn't changed all that much. I mean, not that much time has elapsed since you found yourself outside the castle. The others, Grace and Chauncey, you hear the flapping of wings, smell cardboard and lace, and then um, Lori appears in full-on uh, superhero landing mode, and in fact <laughs> hits hits the uh, floor of the well room with a th kind of a thunderclap and dust just rolls away from them. Chauncey, what do you do? I'm going to uh, to ignore my angel friend, and um, I'm going to address Lazarus Kane because he made a statement saying I had uh, I'd been a thorn for a little bit, and I'm gonna. I'm just going to comment. I was like, uh, your vexation must please my master for it to have been allowed to go on for so long. Let me see what kind of response I get out of him. Apparently so. 
She also vexes me, and I shall deal with her in the future. I would like to see that. Soon my power will be unstoppable. Unstoppable. Okay. What is this thing trying to do? What is going on down here in this basement? At this well? Like, looking about? Why on earth would it want us to come down here? I've been trying to piece that together. I mean, it's like, you know, everybody else who got gobbled up, I was looking through the list. They were like, you know, nobody, nobodies. And all of a sudden they want to like swallow two big old chunks of meat. Uh, Grace was standing. Oh, I'm a fainting flower. I'm so delicate. I'm in the background watching everything. You're not exactly a supernatural being. <laughs> I also would like to get out of the grip of this damn golem. First, to answer your question. Yes. It says, well, to feed me, of course, and allow me the power I need to break free finally of these bonds that this one, and it shakes Lazarus Cain, even though it's using Lazarus Cain's vocal cords and kind of making his mouth move in order to say these things, uh, shakes Lazarus Cain around just loose and all of his like limbs just flailing about but do you also wish to try to break free of um act under pressure <laughs> that is a four. Oh no there is no acting under any kind of pressure oh goodness you try to break free of graf's grip chauncey candlewick and instead the golem lifts you up and smashes oh. you into a wall oh shit Oh. For four harm. Oh. Holy moly. That really, oh. really hurts. That really, 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 really hurts. That puts me down to dying. Holy shit. Oh. Ow. You have minus one ongoing. Ooh. Ouch. But you do manage to retain your consciousness. Ouch. That is brutal. In fact, though, it does feel even worse than uh, it should, and you realize that there's something missing because you're not wearing your hat. Oh! Your immortality. No! Well, this is my chance for freedom. How close to eight are you? Oh, no, no. It just dro- it dropped me to the line. Dropped me to the line. Okay, even with the one more because oh, of no, the immortality? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Never mind. I'm sorry. It was four altogether, wasn't it? Uh, I am two away from dying. Grace, you see this happen. You see Graf just smash Chauncey into the wall. And when Graf pulls him away, the entire side of Mr. Chauncey Candlewick's face is just crushed in. Like the whole skull on that side of his head is, is just broken. Blood is dripping from Chauncey's eyes, from his nose, from his mouth, from his ear. And but yet somehow, somehow, he is still conscious. <laughs> and sounds like a dying sheep. <laughs> Grace, what would you like to do? I've been thinking about it, and I think what Grace is gonna do is try and use magic, and I can't decide whether I want to try banish a spirit or curse, but I don't think I want to do that because I finally hit upon the, the, the thing about the spear. So kind of what I'm thinking, I'm leaning towards trap a specific person, minion, or monster, and binding it to the 
physical corpse of Lazarus Cain so it can't get away from us is kind of what I'm thinking. Remember that Grace's magic is bound to items? Um, so I was kind of thinking one of two things. Either I'm going to somehow bind it up. It's like worked into the dagger somehow in uh, runes or in the hilt or something. Or I could like Harry Dresden style draw a big circle and, um, and have that be the working of it. That might take a little while and probably draw a fair bit of attention. Mm -hmm. Although some of those things may be determined by the role itself uh, on whether it takes longer to have to craft whatever it is or or whatever. So Mm -hmm. uh, on this one, let's do the role and then we'll figure out uh, the details of it. Uh, Okay. Ooh. It's okay. It is a uh, uh, nine. Nine. All right. So there is indeed a glitch. Well, one of the glitches is the magic draws immediate unwelcome attention, which I feel like fits. Oh, absolutely. I'd be worried about an entity that would get trapped mystically and not notice. And in addition, um, you want to bind an ancient evil to a physical spot and form. I I think I am going to say it's going to take at least you know or at least at least tether it like um like if the body was like a bear trap and it got its foot stuck in it. It doesn't have to be the entire entity but that's just so it can't withdraw and escape from us as soon as it realizes what we're trying to do. Well, so what are you leaning toward? Are you leaning toward the dagger or toward the glyphs and runes? Mm, I'm kind of leaning towards the glyphs and runes, you know. I can't really justify why uh i mean i guess it's a silver dagger it's like special it'd be like binding worked into it no i I think i think drawing stuff on the ground makes sense you're gonna have to get away from graph in order to do that oh i forgot he still had a hold of me and then it's gonna take about a minute probably to draw these these runes and glyphs around the whole well essentially is what you're gonna have to do yeah um during which time of course you're going to draw some Unwanted attention. What I was thinking from getting away from Graf was continuing my like, oh, I'm so hurt and I'm fainting away and I'm going to like ragdoll onto the floor and try and uh, um, kind of slip out that way. Okay. Your magic is going to work if you can get it done. Get it done. Okay. Now, so your first step here is you're trying to, and this is a... I'm not going to make you act under pressure here on this one. Woo! I'm going to make you manipulate someone. Ooh! I've never, I don't think I've done that before in this game. Whoops. <laughs> I just threw one you of You were trying to convince Graf that uh, you are unconscious and not even worthy of being hauled along by your hair. It's, it's a six. You failed at doing so. Yeah. However, because of your previous success on the use magic, I'm going to give you a little bit of... I'm going to be a fan here. (laughs) Give us some wiggle room. So as you try to fake Grace being unconscious and of no no particular threat, Graf looks down at you as you kind of jerk to try to get your hair out of his grip. And there's this kind of terrible smile crosses his face. And instead of letting go... He flings you across the room into a wall on the other side of the well, behind and to the left, actually, of where 
the puppet Lazarus Kane is talking to you all. Uh, you strike the wall for three harm. Oh my, that's a lot of harm. Okay. Oh wait, I'm still wearing the cuirass! Ha ha! Graf is a mighty creature. Yes, he is. Okay, so having fallen down back there, can I like inscribe like in the dirt lying there, curl up around it, inscribe the first part? So you are also at minus one ongoing now. Oh, good. And drifting in and out of consciousness, it's taking an act of will on your part to maintain focus. I mean, you were just unconscious a few moments ago, and now you just smashed into a wall again, and so it's hard, but you somehow, Grace, managed to find the the well of fortitude within you to keep your grip on awareness, and with your silver dagger uh, that you pull out from its hidden sheath. You start carving runes into the floor. Lori and Chauncey, you both see this, although Chauncey only with his one good eye. However, the dweller is also aware of this, and a tentacle rises up to smash down on Grace Moreau, or at least that seems to be its intention. Could I use one of my moves that I took that I've never used, which is uh, one that I took from the mundane playbook, What Could Go Wrong When I Charge Into Immediate Danger Without Hedging My Bets? Would that count as that? Uh, well, you certainly didn't hedge any bets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm game for that. What do you get out of that? I hold two to inflict plus one harm, reduce harm by one, or plus two to act under pressure. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. You know all the dangers around. You ignored them in order to try to contain this this creature. Lori, so you have appeared near your friends. So initially you are near the doorway that is coming into the room, a few feet away from Graf and now Chauncey, now that uh, Grace Moreau has been thrown across the room. And then the hellhounds are still behind Graf in the stairwell. The most injured of the two seems hesitant to come on in to get closer than it has to to the tentacle creature, to the dweller that is in the center of the chamber. The other one is a little bit more cocky, and that could be because it's wearing it's the, the hat. one that has Chauncey's hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the; those are the closest to me at that point. Yeah, it's not a big room though, so it's not a long distance to Lazarus Kane and the tentacles of the dweller. What about Grace? Uh, Grace is the furthest away from you of anybody or anything in the chamber. Whip. And she's off to the left. The whip is actually uh, reasonably close to you, off to Lori's right, up against a wall. Now, this is diametrically opposite of where Grace is. <sighs> Things are never easy. I think I'll run, grab the whip, and try to angel wing over to Grace. <gasps> okay. Right now, you're in that superhero crouch. And you just spring from that and roll over to the wall. And now your whip is in your hand again. And it feels so good there. It feels right and solid. And you feel power, righteousness flowing through it. But now you have to angel wing. And here in Castle Kane, in this weird world with three moons, and because you are still affected by 
uh, Grace's attempts to heal you with mortal magic earlier. Act under pressure. Oh, it's an act under pressure this time. Excellent. Still? Still. <laughs> uh, let's see. Plus one. Nine. So with the two negative ones on going, that's a seven. You have some choices to make. Excellent. You will remain in the room, but essentially angel wing on top of the dweller in its well. Or you will angel wing into town <laughs> next to one of your other friends, Nathan Redbone or maybe Isabella. <laughs> or convocation of angels. Oh my dear God. Uh... <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I will choose the dweller. Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> Suddenly, Lori, you're just trying to go across the room. <laughs> you cross your fingers, well, the fingers that aren't holding the razor whip, and you're just like, just this once, please, 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 here, just this once. I just, I got here, okay, I think I'm okay, I think I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. You just have to go across the room to be over by grace, and you vanish. And then you reappear, and there are tentacles everywhere around you. They are wrapping around your leg. They are they're caressing your cheek. They are everywhere. And you realize that you didn't make it quite far enough. You are in the room, but there, in the midst of all those tentacles, on top of the dweller itself. Chauncey Candlewick. Do I still have any of my magic? How am I feeling besides my skull being caved in? Pretty poorly. Oh. You don't have access to your immortality, and you just found that out the very, very hard way. And you are still in the grip of Graf the Golem. The only way to find out if you still have access to your magic, really, is to try to do magic. More like my unholy strength and things like that. You try to feel for it. You look over at your most hated, hated enemies here, and Lori is in the midst of all those tentacles, so you look at Graf instead, and you feel this that hatred bubbling up in you, and then you see the hellhound behind it, and it's wearing your hat, and, and your inner self just bubbles and boils with that rage that you've barely kept in check ever since it was that you returned to your house on the cliffs of England and found that the deal you had made had been a trick. And yes, you feel that strength still rolling through your bones and your muscles. Oh man, okay. And this asshat has been in his grip. Yes, he does. I don't like him anymore. He is not my You friend. liked him at all? I did. The moment he took my coat. After that, it was all downhill from there. God, he's still wearing my coat too, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's still wearing your coat. <laughs> the son bitch. I want to change the little rune on its head. He's holding you still, and your arms are free. Uh, you just need some sort of ink. Um, uh, I can, I got blood. Yeah, plenty of blood. Yes, you do. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of that on me right now. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> what would I have to do to pull this off? Three words. Act. Oh, under God. Pressure. 
Oh, uh, here we go. And I got the minus one, right? Mm-hmm. Here we are. That is an eight. And I have a plus one. And I have a minus one. So, eight. So, this is act under pressure. So, that means you have a choice. Okay. All right. So, you can get your hand up to draw the symbol, and you can manage it. But with his last breaths, Graf is going to rend you. Ooh. Okay. Or you can get your hand up there with your blood on it to change the symbol. You can change the symbol, but you do it incorrectly, and it turns him into something else. (laughs) Or you make the mark, but when Graf discorporates the blast of hellish energy that went into creating him will do three harm to Lori. Holy (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for flipping me off. (laughs) Thank you for being a fan. This is great radio. (laughs) And I have no idea what I could he could change into, huh? Right. What what could even happen to him? Indeed. Oh man, that's a bunch of chaos. I really want him to die though. Asshole. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of... St- All right, so in the supernatural realm of things, there's a lot that could go wrong. Uh, a whole bunch. You know, he wants a piece of... I mean, I'm going to take option number one. I'm going to take the rending. Look at you, Chauncey wow. Candlewick. <laughs> Taking it for yourself instead of giving it to somebody else. Yeah. All right. So all of these things run through your mind, Mr. Chauncey Candlewick, and you almost see these options in front of you, you know that you need the time in order to make the mark correctly. If you're off by the slightest bit, it's either going to harm your companions uh, or it's going to create something new and maybe even more dangerous than what had been. And you think back, and this is all just in a flash, and again... You see that girl standing in that bathtub. Oh, no. There on the second floor of Castle Kane, being drawn down by those hands, and you weren't able to save her. And yet, here you have a chance. You can buy time for your companions, even if it costs you everything. And if it costs you everything, then finally, peace. Yeah. You take the time you need and you make, you reach up straining against the weight of unconsciousness that wants to take you. And with your own blood, you make the mark on Graf's forehead and it changes. It flashes with a powerful light and Graf, with a bit of startlement in his eyes, begins to dissolve. But before he does, He grabs hold of both of your arms and rips. Ah! But his strength is already fading. One harm. Ouch. Okay. Ouch. But your Uh. arm is dislocated. Another minus one aren't ongoing. And consciousness is even harder to find and keep now as you slump to the floor the mass of graph becoming a jelly-like ooze of of molten clay that 
spreads out across the floor and then solidifies and hardens in merely a breath. Grace, you continue making your marks on the floor, but you do see that there is a tentacle rising above you about to lash out toward you. Do you do anything about that, or do you keep making your symbols? Hold two, you may spend a hold. So so I can spend two holds at the same time, or I have two times that I can spend a hold to do something. Just like when you're asking questions, you can ask two questions at once. You can have two effects at once. Okay, 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 okay. So it's going to try and slap or grab. Does it look like it's going to slap, like fly swat me? That's kind of how it looks at the moment. The, these tentacles are good at spearing and smashing, but not necessarily entwining and capturing. I think I'm going to keep making my symbols, and if the tentacle comes at me, I'm going to spend one of my holds to reduce my harm by one. Lori? Yes? What would you like to do there in the midst of the tentacles? Well, mostly I think, hey, if I can't protect Grace from the tentacles, at least I can try and cut them off at the source since I'm right there. Main focus in the area that Grace is at, so I can try and stem the attack in that direction to keep the tentacles off Grace and more focused on me lashing at them. Um, I will go all-out attack on the tentacles in that direction. (sighs) Minus one, minus one. I still have the two minus ones ongoing, so it's like I have to... Oh, no. That's a ten. Wow! It's a ten. Yes. <laughs> Three harm. Um, four. Yeah. Nice. Four harm. You get to do it again. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Body and divine women always count as a weakness against the modern monster. Okay, that's just the unarmed attacks that are two. Okay, but it's a weakness, so yeah, four. So in this case, I'm interpreting weakness not as the thing that can finally kill it, but a thing that can hurt it. And so whereas normal weapons, you haven't seen this yet, but normal weapons would just bounce off this thing without doing anything to it whatsoever. I'm glad I didn't try the other thing I was thinking about trying. (laughs) Three harm, hand, area, messy, holy, plus my smite, which counts as weakness. Mm-hmm. You become a whirlwind, Lori, within this thing. You um, grab and leap and move from tentacle to tentacle as it writhes around, as if it's some sort of gymnastics obstacle course. And you, Lori, are adept at this, and you are everywhere at once, slashing and whipping out with the razor whip, which elongates and whirls around you as it tends to do, slashing deep into the tentacles. Icker sprays out all over, raining down on the room. Tentacles go flying left and right. Grace, the tentacles that were about to flash down at you do so, but they flop harmlessly to one side as they are cut off from the main host. There is a terrible screaming, raging agony that comes from within Lazarus Kane's dead throat. Mr. Chauncey Candlewick. My hat. 
I'm gonna scrape up to my feet as best as I can. There's a lot of blood now. I'm gonna look around. And where is that wannabe cocky bastard of a hellhound with my hat? <laughs> right there. Like, almost within arm's reach. With a giant grin, dripping of red drool, breathing in your face. Yes, exactly that. Perfect. Are these things relatively intelligent? You don't have any idea. I will hear you scream all the same. Before you have a chance to do anything, Mr. Chauncey Candlewick, something happens. That hellhound stands up on its back legs. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. We gave it water. (laughs) It ate after midnight. (laughs) Its form shifts and becomes that of a woman, a dark woman, shadowed, even though the lighting in the room seems like it ought to illuminate her. It does not. Her long hair drapes down behind her out of the hat, and the hellhound's eyes shift from their yellowish glow to something blacker, darker, and your dark master says to you, Hello, Chauncey Candlewick. It's finally time. I'm going to cough out some blood. I want to grin a little. I want to glare with my one eye. (laughs) You realize elsewhere in the room, everything has stopped. Grace is frozen. She has actually been working quite diligently and hard at uh, making the symbols and glyphs that she needs to make to keep the creature, the dweller. Creature is not the right word. This, This ancient ultimate evil contained here on the mortal plane, at least on the plane in which you find yourself. And she's almost done. Only a few more symbols to scratch as she has crawled around the edge of the well. Lori is also there in the midst of the tentacles. The tentacles, some of them are frozen in mid-cut. The blood spray from them frozen in mid-air as time has seemingly stopped. But for you, Mr. Chauncey Candlewick, it has not. And neither has it for Lori. Lori lands on one of the tentacles, pants a bit, and then stands, getting their balance. Chauncey, you have met this figure before, of course, many times in the mirror. You have never, except for that first time, seen her in person. So here in her presence, it is strange, effective, and you feel that, in fact, her will is all that's holding you together. Lori, you have not met this being before, but what you get from her is not evil. It's something else. It's ancient and playful and angry, but it's not evil, and it's not good either. And you realize that when you and Chauncey, working together, put the fall of heaven, that terrible, terrible spear that can kill the angelic and the fallen, that this is what you gave it to. There's one thing I need to ask of you. Will you return the fall of heaven to us? I had hoped you would ask. Yes, Lori, of the angels and Mr. Chauncey Candlewick, 
You gave into my keeping that which I released from the bowels of the world once before, and I will give it to you to destroy the dweller. But there is a price to pay. And what might that be? Lori, I want your angelhood. Chauncey, dear Chauncey, uh, Mr. Chauncey Candlewick, I want your darkness. All that rage, all that hate, I want all of that. I will take it from you, it will be gone, and you will no longer be you. Uh, and you will take all of my light, and all of his dark. And I will take all of your light, Lori of the angels. It's the price that must be paid. You placed the fall of heaven where it would never again be upon the mortal planes, where it could never again be used by any, including you, including me, including the angels of heaven and the demons of hell. That requires a cost. And what? More, more of a cost than what it cost to pull it from the very marrow of the earth to start with. And what happens to the fall of heaven once we've completed this? You know, whatever. <laughs> god damn it. Oh god. So be it. We've got to keep this dweller from this plane of existence. It has to be both of you. Chauncey. Oh, I want her dead too. I want them all dead. Uh, but he's gonna eat me. But she'd be dead. Everybody else would be dead. She stands there in that tub, the hands reaching up to pull her down into the depths. <laughs> God damn it. This is Chauncey's uh, conscience has taken the form of this woman. <laughs> Bathtub woman. Oh, that's hard. That's too hard. Ah. I really hate you, woman. Um, fine. 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 She takes off the hat. Oh, oh my God. And she reaches inside and she rummages around a little bit. And then she pulls from it with a sound like the ripping of universes, a long gleaming length of metal and wood and ancient strife of the fall of heaven. At the same moment as it clears the hat, time restarts. She puts the hat back on and vanishes. She is gone. The hat is gone. The hellhound that was wearing the hat is gone. Time reestablishes itself. Tentacles are still flailing. Grace makes the last few marks that is needed. There is a flaring of power. Another howl from the beast, the dweller. <laughs> as it realizes it is trapped in place that it cannot escape from the hell that was Lori's razor whip from the torments that it feels is going to come soon. And the fall of heaven lies on the floor there in front of the well. Let's, let's do this. Oh, man. Who's closest? You're about equidistant. All right. Um... 
light and dark, dark and light, light and dark, dark and light, light and dark, dark and light. That is what is going through Grace Moreau's head. It has to be dark and light. It has to be light and dark. I'll whip whip around and shout at them to do whatever they need to do, but they need to do it together. Uh, Chauncey, the spear! As I head for it. Alright, I will go for it as well. You both grab a hold of the spear. You turn. Lazarus Kane's body is flung to the side, limp and dead and useless, as the dweller in its well rises up, more tentacles flowing out of the well, and Chauncey Candlewick and Lori of the Angels. The spear grabbed between them, hand in hand and hand in hand, rush forward together, and they plunge the fall of heaven into the very depths of the mass that is there at the top of the well. It's not more than tentacles, and yet somehow the fall of heaven strikes further and deeper than that. There is a shifting in the world. And then there is a crack. There is a rift. And for a moment, you see all of it. All of the madness, the chaos, the evil, the horror that is the dweller beneath the darkness. It is the darkness. And you have plunged a blade into the heart of that darkness. You, Lori, and Chauncey are there in this place beyond this. It's like you are amid the stars, but there are no stars. There are are no points of light in this darkness. There is only this somehow seen, unseen mass, this mass that is larger than worlds, and you have plunged this blade into it. Then you feel its death scream within your very bodies as that something, that essence of yourselves is ripped away. The angelic from Lori, the darkness from Chauncey, something from each of you, Chauncey and Lori, something essential, something that leaves behind a sense of loss, but also a sense of possibility and you are flung backwards into the mortal realm then there you are all of you outside of castle kane you lori you mr chauncey candlewick you grace moreau as well as lockmar kane battered bloody ripped apart but so too there is one death and silence still alive somehow beaten battered not in their wolf forms in their human there is no sign of torn tongue i wanted to have a word with him but that's all right there are probably no words to have with him anymore and before you stands the ruins of castle cane and they begin to break apart big chunks of stone and wood as they break apart uh, they fall into the sky slowly with great poise almost until in the end there is nothing left except a spance of dirt and mud encircled by a ditch where once stood 
Castle Kane. A carriage pulls up nearby, and the coachman says, Oh, Ms. Moreau, would you be wanting to go back into town now? Oh, uh, uh, yes, absolutely. A, a ride for myself and my, uh, companions would be, would be, uh, uh, perfect. Um, Lockmar, do you wish to, uh, accompany us? Well, Lockmar looks at the other werewolves. They look at him, and he says, No, I believe we have some things to discuss here. And so, Grace, Lori, and Chauncey Candlewick, you get into the carriage, and yes, Lori, you feel your ability to angel wing away is gone, but you still have the razor whip. (laughs) (laughs) And the coachman whips above the uh, four in hand, and off you rattle toward the town of Bledson and whatever awaits there, because you feel that although many things have changed, this long night is not quite over yet. Oh no! (laughs) The Gothic Podcast is produced by C. Patrick Nagel, with theme music by Zoe Hovland, and cover artwork by Jared George Art. Listen to The Gothic Podcast on Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow The Gothic Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for The Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please visit our Patreon page. Thanks. Chauncey, we're running out of time. The demon lady wants your soul. Your darkness.